0: Well, good day and hallelujah. This is Pastor Adam again with another encouraging word. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and we'll get right into it. Father, we thank you for this day. We are grateful beyond measure. We humbly seek your guidance in how to live our days. And thank you for your grace, mercy, and patience. The fruit of the Spirit, Father, we are asking that it be abundant in our lives And that if we are here today listening to this and we haven't submitted ourselves, bowed the knee, raised the hand, committed our lives to your son, Yeshua Yomashayek, Jesus the Messiah, I pray that that will happen for anyone that hears this. In the mighty and matchless name of your son, Jesus Christ, amen. So I titled this Perspective, but this is coming out the. it's going to be about Thanksgiving and uh, I did some research here, so bear with me today. I got a lot of scripture, but the following proclamation was made by Governor Bradford in 1623, three years after the pilgrims settled at Plymouth. Here's what it says, to all pilgrims, and as much as the great father has given us this year an abundant harvest of Indian corn, wheat, peas, squashes, and garden vegetables, and has made the forests to abound with game, and the sea with fish and clams, and inasmuch as as he has protected us from the raids of the savages, has spared us from pestilence and disease, has granted us freedom to worship God according to the dictates of our own conscience, now I, your magistrate, do proclaim that all pilgrims with your wives and little ones to gather at the meeting house on the hill between the hours of nine and twelve in the daytime on Thursday, November 29th, of the year of our Lord, 1,623. The third year since we pilgrims landed on Plymouth Rock, there to listen to your pastor and render thanksgiving to Almighty God for all his blessings. Oh, wow, hallelujah. Now, are you aware that twice in the New Testament, believers are referred to as pilgrims? First Peter chapter 2, verse 11 says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. Also in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13. There it is. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. So I just wanted to point out that there's correlation with scripture and And what we read there with the first pilgrims uh, acknowledging thanksgiving, which is this tie-in of giving thanks to the Lord. Now, here's another thing. I don't know if you're aware that the Word of God tells us that this should be a continual, a daily attitude. In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 19 and 20, Scripture says, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So I, I would contend that Paul's main focus here is praise and thanksgiving. Because if you, you noticed, you'd see the, you know, we, we see the words always, continually, and in all circumstances. It kind of sounds as if Paul is giving guidance to outline a church service, right? Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart. But it's not only that. He's talking about a continual attitude for, for Christians, an and attitude of the heart. It's how we are to be and respond to each other. But how? You know, you you may be wondering, how can we have this attitude continually, especially in all circumstances? Well, I believe the answer lies in our perspective of thanksgiving. That's why I titled this perspective, because I think that what it boils down to. We need the proper perspective. I wanna share something that I found that I think you know could help us understand how important a perspective is. One young lady rode home from college. She goes, dear mom, sorry, I haven't written sooner. My left arm and left leg were broken when I jumped from the second floor of my dormitory when we had a fire. I was in the hospital for a few days. Paul, an attendant at the local service station, came to see me every day. And because it was taking so long to get our dormitory livable again, I moved in with Paul. He has been so nice, but I must admit that I'm pregnant, Mom. Paul and I plan to get married just as soon as he can get a divorce. I hope things are fine at home. I'm doing fine. And will write more when I get the chance. Love, your daughter Susie. P.S. Hey, Mom, none of the above is true, but I did get a C in sociology and I flunked chemistry. I just wanted you to receive this news in its proper perspective. (laughs) And that, uh, Wow, that's pretty funny. See, to be thankful in all circumstances, we need a proper perspective of our circumstances and of our God. Only then will we be able to give thanks to the Lord always. And there are some attitudes that we need to recognize that you know, steal away our gratitude, things that prevent us or keep us from being thankful. One of those, I think the main one, is pride. It's the attitude that says, nobody ever gave me anything. I worked hard for everything I have. For for instance, you know, for years you study hard and now it is finally paying off. With this kind of attitude, we feel that we have no one to thank but ourselves because of all the time and hard work put into that achievement. Another attitude that keeps us from being thankful is a, I guess I'd call a critical spirit or a constantly complaining kind of Thing Right. Instead of being grateful, this person will always find something to complain about. Let me share this little story. There was this lady known as an incurable grumbler, constantly complaining about everything. At last, her pastor thought he had found something about which she would be happy for her farm crop was the finest for miles around. When he met her, he said with a beaming smile, you must be very happy. Everyone is saying how healthy your potatoes look this year. She said, true, they're pretty good, but what am I gonna do when I need bad ones to feed the pigs? (laughs) Oh Lord, right? Okay, another attitude that keeps us from being grateful is carelessness. Someone once said that if the stars only came out once a year, we would stay out all night to watch them but they are there every night and we have grown accustomed to them. You know, the Israelites grumbled because they had no food, so God miraculously set manna to feed them every day. Then what happened? You know, they started grumbling because it was the same thing every day. They had a miracle. I mean, a miracle straight from God every day, but they were no longer satisfied. Because of pride, because of carelessness or a critical spirit, we will never be truly thankful for all that God has given us. And those are only three attitudes I mentioned. There's others. Rudyard Kipling was a great writer and poet from England over, over 150 years ago. And unlike many writers of his time, Kipling was one of the few who had opportunity to enjoy his success while he lived. And he also made a great deal of money at his trade of writing. Well, one time a newspaper reporter came up to him and said, hey, Mr. Kipling, I just read that somebody calculated that the money you make from your writings amounts to over $100 a word. Mr. Kipling raised his eyebrows and said, really? I wasn't aware of that. The reporter cynically reached down into his pocket and pulled out a $100 bill and gave it to Kipling and said, here's a $100 bill, Mr. Kipling. Now you give me one of your $100 words. Mr. Kipling looked at that $100 bill for a moment, took it, folded it up, put it in his pocket and said, thanks. (laughs) He's right, the word thanks is a $100 word. I would say, in fact, I would say it's more like a million dollar word. It's one word that is too seldom heard and too rarely spoken and too often forgotten. If we would all adopt an attitude of thanksgiving into our lives, I'm telling you, our lives would be way different. They'd be transformed. We would cherish every day. If any nation ought to be thankful to God and grateful for God's goodness, it should be the United States of America. If any people in America ought to be thankful, right, to God and grateful for his goodness, it ought to be Christians. I want to share a few things from Scripture that teaches us about being thankful. Now, one like one scripture right off the bat is being thanked that you know it has to be expressed is, uh, and 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 be expressed is Psalm one hundred which said Enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart, or Psalm one hundred and seven. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. We should express our thanks to God as well as to others. You know in Luke chapter seventeen, we we have that story Jesus shares about ten men who were healed by Jesus of their leprosy. Out of those 10 men, only one came back to give thanks. And Jesus said, well, where are the others? Where are the other nine? This one guy, he was the only one willing to take time to go back and say, thank you. And because of that, Jesus says this to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. I don't know about you, but I wondered, why did Jesus say that? I mean, all 10 of them were already healed of leprosy from the time they went to show themselves to the priest. But when Jesus says to this one man, your faith has made you well, I I think Jesus wasn't talking about physical healing. I think he was talking about soul healing, about this guy's mind, will, and emotions. I think that they, that soul, this man's soul had a healing. That leper was made whole in his soul. And it's this attitude of thanksgiving is what makes us whole as well. Psychologists tell us that sincere gratitude, thanksgiving, is the healthiest of all human emotions. This man, very well respected uh, in the psychology community named Hans Selye, he's considered the father of stress studies, said that gratitude produces more positive emotional energy than any other attitude in our lives. And a thankful heart will endure others to us and us to others. For you see, thanksgiving is not only good for the giver, but it's also good for the receiver. God appreciates our thanksgiving. It lifts him up, it glorifies him, and thanksgiving endures him to us. It draws us closer to God. If we're not grateful, if we do not express our thanksgiving, then it can have the opposite effect. Romans chapter 1 talks about this in particular in Romans 1 verse 21. Here's what the scripture says For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. This Wow, I mean, this passage seems to imply that people who see you know, all the beauty in the world, the natural beauty, right, the natural wonders, sadly, some of them are nonetheless ungrateful to the creator. They don't even recognize him. They tend to worship the creation instead and what surfaces in their heart is hardness. It's pride, keeping people from worshiping God and being thankful. And before I, I leave this point that thanksgiving should be expressed, let me list a few practical ways that, you know, just give us a few practical ways that we can say thank you to God, the creator. I mean, you can say thank you to God when, when you spend time with him. I'm talking about any time with him, like the private time, not just the time you're spending corporate worship at church and a church building, all over the place, wherever you are. Another one is, you can say thanks to God when you forgive somebody. You can say thanks to God when you serve humanity, serve in the church, serve people. You can thank God when you share his plan of salvation. You can thank God when you reach out to hurting people, when, when you give God the best of your time, your talent, your treasure, and your testimony. You can thank God when you praise him enthusiastically from the heart. And as our, you know, Thanksgiving expands, it should include multiple things, such as, you know, the blessings of life. For, for instance, one thing that is really special is those days that we thank God for our, I'm, I'm being serious now, I'm not being facetious, not trying to be funny, but when we thank God for our sink full of dirty dishes. And I know we don't do that, but you know what? We should, why? Because a sink full of dirty dishes usually means that we have been blessed by God with daily food and water. I wonder if we realize that a majority of the world goes to bed hungry every night. Hmm. See, our prayers are often very general. We say, thank you, God, for all our blessings, but what blessings are we really thankful for? I mean, just, hmm, I think we do this a lot this time of year, but it's something we need to do again this year and make it more of a routine, which is count your blessings, name them, Seriously, just name them one by one. Count their blessings to see what God has done for you. Our thanksgiving should also include the burdens of life. This is a tough one because as we began today, we read 1 Thessalonians 5.18, says, give thanks in all circumstances. And Ephesians 5.20, which said, always giving thanks. Huh. Yeah, I know. We might be thinking that you know, maybe Paul made a mistake or, gosh, that was easy for Paul to say, but it wasn't easy for Paul to say. Paul suffered some very difficult problems that he called a thorn in the flesh. He also been run out of town, beaten, whipped, imprisoned, betrayed by friends, naked, cold, hungry, shipwrecked, stoned because of his death. I touched on some of that last week. Yet Paul never stopped giving thanks and he encouraged us by writing these letters for us to do the same. Paul said several things that really show he had the proper perspective of the challenges of life. For instance, in Romans, book of Romans, chapter eight, eight, verse 18, scripture says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Wow, or how about what he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Or how about this one from Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Wow. I'm just saying, when we, like Paul right here, have the proper perspective Well, then I think we too could give thanks in all circumstances. And our weaknesses, folks, God can make us strong. When we are struggling, God is able to work in our lives. He helps us through times that we could have never faced on our own. Well, we've tried it and we've been miserable, right? I think a lot of us are nodding our heads. Oh gosh, yeah, we can think of things going, oh yeah, I thought I was, you know, thought I could do it myself, thought I knew what to do. So many times, when we're younger, right? We we never think this is gonna to apply to us. But I've learned to be thankful in the difficult circumstances of just, for instance, talking about my, my family, my my family, my wife and children's what we faced. Now, now notice I didn't say I was thankful for those issues, but that I was thankful in those difficult situations. You see, I don't believe Paul is saying that we have to be thankful for our problems, but rather be thankful in our problems, right? Be thankful in them. Be thankful in them allows God to use them for his greater good. I mean, folks, the Philippian jailer was ready to take his life because an earthquake freed his prisoners, but what saved him was the attitude of Paul and Silas during their difficult imprisonment. What were they doing? Remember, they were singing and praising God, even though they were in chains in prison. But they knew God and that he would help them through it. Because of their joy, the jailer and all his household became Christians. Just process that. It's because of the, the, what they let off in their difficult situation. They drew these unbelievers to them to go, oh my gosh, what is it that you have? I need that to get through life, right? I mean, folks, we just, I think we miss this too often. We got to understand that others can come to Christ because of our example, especially the example in the midst of difficult times. Our Thanksgiving should include the blessings of life as well. When the Israelites focused on what they didn't have, they failed to see all that they did have. We, you know, we're constantly adding to our prayer list, but don't forget that we should also be adding to our praise list. I mean, whatever may come, whatever may be, we can't forget that we are forgiven and that we're free. We need to live like we believe that. It's good to be alive, in other words. It's good to be alive, to feel the wind in your face, to see the blue in the sky. It's days like this that I realize what a gift it is. It's good to be alive, to have a rainy day, to see the rain come and the storms come because after that, the the flowers and the grass and the trees all flourish, <laughs> I know we've all had difficult times, maybe times even that we've despaired, even of life itself. I'm telling you, if we look really look at all the benefits of life, I think we'll find that it's good to be alive, to feel the wind in our face, to see the sunrise, to, to fall in love, to see our newborn child for the first time, to feel Feel our child or parent or even a friend hug us and tell us we made a difference in their lives. Listen to this. There was an experiment done in New York Central Park where an advertising firm dressed a man up as a blind man and gave him a cup to collect money. So the first day they did this, they put a sign around his neck that read, simply, I'm blind. That's what it said, I'm blind. And on that day, he collected almost $4, didn't even collect, almost $4. The sign just said, I'm blind. The next day, they dressed the guy the same way, placed him in the same place, but changed the sign. This day, it read, it's springtime and I'm blind. He collected nearly $40 that day. Because that day, seeing that sign, those people realized how blessed they were by the beautiful flowers, the birds chirping, the sunrise and sunset, right? And as Christians, we have a lot of benefits of life, right? We can be sure that we're forgiven and free. Oh, it's good to be alive. Not only should our Thanksgiving be expressed and extended, but our Thanksgiving should be expected, Paul says we are to give thanks in all circumstances because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is God's will for us. And God knows if we will do it, then our lives will be transformed. This is the mark of a transforming Christian. I mean, just think about, if you can remember if you had children or you've seen very small children, right? Babies are ungrateful, you, you can take a little baby when he has colic and walk the floor with them for hours and when you put that baby down, they're not gonna say thank you. More than likely, they're just gonna yell a little louder. A child, as that child gets, has to be taught to be thankful. It, it doesn't seem to come naturally. They are watching us, right? Sometimes you even have to force children to say thank you. Remember that when you're always like telling your kid, say somebody does something, you go say thank you, and then they'll go, thank you, Mr. So-and-so, or thank you, Mrs. So-and-so. Now they've been watching you do it, or maybe you hadn't been doing it, and that's why they're not. I don't know. But we still got to teach children to do this. And when we realize how blessed we are by others and by God, and we express that, you know what's happening? We're growing. Our thanksgiving is also a a mark, if you will, of a giving Christian. When we realize how much God has done for us and how much he continues to do, we should be more than happy to give something, right? This comes through our time, our talent, our treasure, right? I'm talking about also financial giving. Someone has said that for thanksgiving, to be real, thanksgiving, right? Right? To be a real thanksgiving, there must be thanks and there must be giving. <laughs> I know many a church has been blessed by those that give thanks and are givers. I know many a churches. I remember when we had our church, we'd see people receive salvation, people be, being you know, baptized, uh, f- families coming in that were lost, right? we give out food, there's just numerous wonderful testimonies of healing. Uh, I remember our church was so blessed by the Lord. And you know, when a congregation is growing, it, that means the needs are growing. And so just as God has blessed us, we should bless his work by our giving. Scripture says in James chapter 1, verse 17, every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of life's. You know, when we, we go out to eat, you go to restaurants, I think we're more than happy to give, you know, good service, a uh, 15 to 20% tip. But you know what? For some, for some reason, many people have a problem with giving God 10% of all the good gifts he's given us. And I think that's just, that's just something we got to ask ourselves if we're truly thankful. Remember, God loves a cheerful giver. Thanksgiving is a mark of a growing Christian, a giving Christian, and a glowing Christian. If you are thankful to God, then you will be glowing. You will not be constantly critical and pessimistic, but eternally thankful. I mean, seriously, the difficult times are that. They're difficult. They're not going to break you. Okay? And finally, Scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Continuing on in that same book, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17 and 18 says, For momentary light affi- affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I got a story here of an individual named Henry Frost. He served for many years as a missionary to China. In his journal, he wrote of a very difficult time in his life, he said this, I quote, I had received sad news from home and deep shadows had covered my soul. I prayed, but the darkness did not vanish. I summoned myself to endure, but the darkness only deepened. Then I went to an island station and saw on the wall of the mission home there these words, try Thanksgiving. Well, I did. And in a moment, every shadow was gone. So once again, he says, the psalmist was right. It's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. Wow. You know, as I bring this to a close, you might be going through some difficult times right now. You might have been praying about it and they're still there. And you probably have told yourself to keep on going and someday it disappeared, but it looks like it's even getting deeper. I want to encourage you to hang in there and surrender it to the Lord and be thankful. God bless you all and have a wonderful time with family and friends as you thank the Lord this Thanksgiving 2023.